Welcome to Nations of the World podcast series, where we explore a different nation of the world in each episode. Our aim is to bring you, the listener, on an audio journey to discover interesting facts that make each country unique. This episode is dedicated to the tiger, which happens to be my favorite animal, and to people worldwide who are resolved to act in the conservation of our planet. Welcome to Bhutan. Bhutan is a country that is very serious about the environment. In fact, it's the first country to become carbon negative, and one of the three countries who can claim that title. Unlike most countries who measure their success via GDP, this country has a measure known as GNH, Gross National Happiness. This is based on four different indicators, sustainable development, preservation and promotion of cultural values, good governance, and a healthy environment. Even the nation's constitution includes an article pertaining to the environment, where it says, Every Bhutanese is a trustee of the kingdom's natural resources and environment, for the benefit of the present and future generations. And it is the fundamental duty of every citizen to contribute to the protection of the natural environment. Segment 1. Bare Bones Location It is in the eastern Himalayas in Southeast Asia. Official Name Kingdom of Bhutan Locals call it Drukyul, meaning Land of the Thunder Tiger. It earned this nickname due to the fierce storms that often come in from the Himalayas. Nationality Bhutanese they refer to themselves as Drukpa people. Capital, Timpu. Land size, 38,394 square kilometers or 14,824 square miles. Population, 857,420. Official language, Tsongkha. Official religion, Mahayana Buddhism, currency, and Gultram, form of government, democratic constitutional monarchy. Flag. It is equally divided diagonally from the lower hoist side corner. The upper triangle is yellow and the lower triangle is orange. Centered along the dividing line is a large black and white dragon facing away from the hoist side. The dragon called Druk, meaning thunder dragon, is the emblem of the nation. Its white color stands for purity, and the jewels in its claws symbolize wealth. The background colors represent spiritual and secular powers within Bhutan. The orange is associated with Buddhism, while the yellow denotes the ruling dynasty. National Symbols A dragon called Druk, meaning thunder dragon. Segment 2. Heart of the Nation Geography and Climate It is about one-half the size of the state of Indiana in the United States, or somewhat smaller than Switzerland. It is a landlocked country with China to the north and India to the south. The geography is quite diverse, including mountains of the Himalaya, where it is dry and cold in the north, fertile valleys in the central region, and the Duar Plain in the south, 
a hot, humid, and rainy area. There are semi-tropical forests, savanna grasslands, and bamboo jungles. It's the violent storms which come down from the Himalayas that prompted the Bhutanese to call their country Druk Yul, Land of the Thunder Dragon. It controls several key Himalayan mountain passes. The highest point is Gangkar Point Sum at 7,570 meters or 24,835 feet. The lowest point is Drange Ma Chu at 97 meters or 318 feet. The land use is 14% for agricultural, 85% forest, and 4% other. Natural hazards. There are violent storms from the Himalayas and frequent landslides during the rainy season. Environment. Issues of concern are soil erosion, limited access to potable water, wildlife conservation, industrial pollution, and waste disposal. Bhutan is party to several agreements including biodiversity, climate change Kyoto Protocol, desertification, endangered species, hazardous wastes, nuclear test ban, ozone layer protection, and wetlands. Vegetation. The country contains more than 60% of the common plant species found in the eastern Himalayas. There are approximately 46 species of rhododendrons and over 300 types of medicinal plants. The national flower is the blue poppy. The national tree is the cypress. Other common plants are junipers, magnolias, orchids, edelweiss, gentian, various medicinal herbs, daphne, giant rhubarb, and pine and oak trees. Wildlife The kingdom is home to a wide variety of animals. At higher altitudes you will come across snow leopards, blue sheep, red pandas, taquin, marmots, and musk deer. Leopards, gorals, gray langurs, Himalayan black bears, red pandas, sambars, wild pigs, and barking deer are found in the temperate zones. The tropical forests in the south are a haven for clouded leopards, elephants, one-horned rhinoceros, water buffaloes, golden langurs, gowers, swamp deer, hog deer, hornbills, and many other species. Bhutan is home to the highest altitude inhabiting tigers in the world, and they are commonly found throughout the country. The national animal is the takin, a large hoofed mammal sometimes referred to as a goat antelope. It resembles a moose without antlers. They have short legs with large two-toed hoofs. They have long noses and horns, which run parallel to the skull and then turn upwards to a point. They have long, shaggy coats varying in color with a dark stripe along the back. They feed on leaves, grass, and bamboo shoots. They also need salt in their diet and are often found at mineral deposits. Golden Langur This is one of the world's most endangered primates, endemic to India and Bhutan. There are less than 7,000 in the wild today. They used to be found in large groups in the forest, but now are in smaller isolated groups. They spend 99% of their time in the trees, traveling among the treetops searching for food. They are primarily leaf eaters, but will also eat fruits, flowers, seeds, and twigs. 
their decline is due to the loss of habitat, resulting from political unrest and ethnic conflicts, death by vehicles, electrocution by low-lying live wires, occasional poaching, and attacks by dogs. They are cream-colored, appearing golden in the sunlight. Their eyes are also golden in color. They have a black face and a very long tail. They weigh 9 to 12 kilograms, or 20 to 26 pounds, and are 50 to 75 centimeters, or 1.5 to 2.5 feet long. Black-necked crane. This is the only alpine crane species in the world. It is considered sacred in Bhutan, and there is a festival celebrated in its honor each year, the Black-Necked Crane Festival. This is one of the rarest cranes in the world, and several hundred migrate here every year. Each November, people flock to one of the oldest and largest monasteries, which sits on a hill, overlooking a valley to catch a glimpse of these birds. They feed on the dwarf bamboo found in the wetlands. These spectacular birds have a wingspan of up to eight feet, with a bright red crown and a black neck. They are believed to bring about bountiful harvests and prosperity. Bhutan Flying Squirrel The species lives in the Himalayan forests and is one of the largest flying squirrels. It is mainly nocturnal and can glide long distances between trees. Red Panda is known by many names such as Firefox, Lesser Panda, and Red Cat Bear. They live in the Himalayan forests where there is bamboo and they feed on the leaves of this plant. They also eat grass and fruit, occasionally an egg, insect, or small animal or bird. They are active mostly in the early morning and later afternoon, spending most of the day resting in trees. The adult is slightly larger than a house cat. They are 56 to 63 centimeters, or 22 to 25 inches, and their tails are about 37 to 47 centimeters, or 15 to 19 inches. Like giant pandas, they have what appears to be a second thumb. It's an enlarged, protruding wrist bone they use for grabbing things. They have long, bushy tails which they use to stabilize themselves as they travel through the canopy of trees. They don't have paw pads, but have fur covering the soles of their feet. The soles of their feet also have scent glands, which help them to mark their territory. They do have sharp claws, which can retract like a cat's. They are one of the few animals that can climb straight down a tree head first. This is because their fibula bone can rotate around its axis, giving it very flexible ankles. They are generally solitary except during mating season. Three months after mating, cubs are born into a nest of twigs and leaves with their ears and eyes closed. They usually come in pairs, but a litter can be between one and four. They are considered full-grown between 18 and 24 months and live on an average of 8 to 10 years. Bengal Tiger There are about 103 Bengal tigers in the country. Tiger conservation is a top priority for Bhutan, not just because of the iconic mammal, but also a measure of how the larger ecosystem is doing. A healthy number of tigers in the forests also work to keep a natural check on herbivores. The government has also stepped up its plans and policies to conserve tigers. People 
There are three main ethnic groups. About 50% are Engalops, or Bote, of Tibetan origin who migrated to Bhutan in the 700s, bringing their culture and Buddhism with them. About 35% are Lot Shampas, Bhutanese who speak Nepali. They moved into Bhutan in the late 1800s and early 1900s to farm the southern foothills. The remaining 15% are smaller tribal groups, including Shan Glass or Sharkup, considered the aboriginal inhabitants of eastern Bhutan. Of the more than 100,000 ethnic Nepali, predominantly Lot Shampa, refugees who fled or were forced out of Bhutan in the 1990s, about 6,500 remain displaced in Nepal. Religion Mahayana Buddhism, or Drukpa Kagyupa, is 75.3% of the population. Indian and Nepalese-influenced Hinduism, 22.1% of the population, and other at 2.6%. Buddhism is one of the world's major religions. It originated in India in 563 to 483 BCE with Siddhartha Gautama, also known as Shakyamuni, and over the next millennia it spread across Asia and the rest of the world. Buddhists believe that human life is a cycle of suffering and rebirth, but if one achieves a state of enlightenment or nirvana, it is possible to escape this cycle forever. Siddhartha Gautama was the first person to reach this state of enlightenment and was, and is still today, known as the Buddha. Buddhists do not believe in any kind of deity or god, although there are supernatural figures who can help or hinder people on the path towards enlightenment. There are two main groups of Buddhism, Mahayana Buddhism and Theravada Buddhism. It is the Mahayana tradition which is followed in Bhutan. The Mahayana tradition is the largest major tradition of Buddhism existing today, with 53% of Buddhists belonging to the East Asian Mahayana and 6% to Vajrayana compared to 36% for Theravada. That survey was from 2010. The forest hypothesis, meanwhile, states that Mahayana arose mainly among hardcore ascetics, members of the forest-dwelling wing of the Buddhist order, who were attempting to imitate the Buddha's forest living. This promotes ascetic practice in the wilderness as a superior and elite path. These texts criticize monks who live in cities and denigrate the forest life. An important feature of Mahayana is the way that it understands the nature of a Buddha, which differs from non-Mahayana understandings. Mahayana texts not only often depict numerous Buddhas besides Shakyamuni, but see them as transcendental or supramundane beings with great power in very long lifetimes. Furthermore, they see Buddhas as active in the world, constantly devising ways to teach and help all sentient beings. According to Paul Williams, in Mahayana, a Buddha is often seen as a spiritual king relating to and caring for the world, rather than simply a teacher who, after his death, has completely gone beyond the world and its cares. Buddha Shakyamuni's life and death on earth 
are then usually understood as a mere appearance, with his death being a show while he remains out of compassion to help all sentient beings. Similarly, Guang Jing describes the Buddha in Mahayana as an omnipotent and almighty divinity, endowed with numerous supernatural attributes and qualities. The idea that Buddhas remain accessible is extremely influential in Mahayana and allows for the possibility of having a reciprocal relationship with a Buddha through prayer, visions, devotion, and revelations. There are male and female monastics, monks and nuns. About 15% of the population are Buddhist monastics. Monks are very much involved in the lives of the people. They visit homes and perform rites on occasions such as births, marriage, sickness, and death. Buddhism teaches that it's wrong to kill animals, which are seen as part of the divine creation. However, if they do not kill the animal themselves, some view eating meat as acceptable. Hindu Most Hindus are vegetarian. The cow is viewed as a sacred animal, so even meat-eating Hindus may not eat beef. Some Hindus will eat eggs, some will not, and some will also refuse onion or garlic. It is best to ask each individual. Both Buddhists and Hindus believe in reincarnation and the law of karma. This means that an individual's decisions and behaviors during one's life can influence their transmigration into the next life. If you have treated others good in this life, you will find yourself in a better existence after death. But if you haven't and you lived selfishly, you will inherit a worse life than the previous one after death. Islam is not recognized in the country and is only practiced by about 2,000 people. Christians are only allowed to practice their faith at home, and one can be expelled from the country if they choose to follow Christ. It is also illegal to proselytize in the country. History Bhutan existed as a patchwork of minor, warring fiefs until the early 17th century, when the Lama and military leader Nguyen Namgyal, the first Zabdrung Rinpoche, who was fleeing religious persecution in Tibet, unified the area and cultivated a distinct Bhutanese identity. Following Britain's victory in the 1865 Duar War, Britain and Bhutan signed the Treaty of Sinchulu under which Bhutan would receive an annual subsidy in exchange for ceding land to British India. Ugyen Wangchuk, who had served as the de facto ruler of an increasingly unified Bhutan and had improved relations with the British toward the end of the 19th century, was named king in 1907. Three years later, a treaty was signed whereby the British agreed not to interfere in Bhutanese internal affairs and Bhutan allowed Britain to direct its foreign affairs. Bhutan negotiated a similar arrangement with independent India in 1949. The Indo-Bhutanese Treaty of Friendship returned to Bhutan a small piece of the territory annexed by the British, formalized the annual subsidies the country received, and defined India's responsibilities in defense and foreign relations. Under a succession of modernizing monarchs beginning in the 1950s, Bhutan joined the UN in 1971 and slowly continued its engagement beyond its borders. 
In 2005, King Jigme Singye Wangchuk unveiled the draft of Bhutan's first constitution, which introduced major democratic reforms and held a national referendum for its approval. The king abdicated the throne in 2006 in favor of his son, Jigme Kesar Namgyel Wangchuk. In 2007, India and Bhutan renegotiated their treaty, eliminating the clause that stated that Bhutan would be guided by India in conducting its foreign policy, although Timpu continues to coordinate closely with New Delhi. In 2008, Bhutan held its first parliamentary election in accordance with the Constitution. Current Political and Humanitarian Issues Bhutan and China continue negotiations to establish a common boundary alignment to resolve territorial disputes arising from substantial cartographic discrepancies, the most contentious of which lie in Bhutan's west along China's Chumbi salient. Bhutan is on the Tier 2 watch list for trafficking in persons. It does not fully meet the minimum standards for the elimination of trafficking, but is making significant efforts to do so. Although the legal working age is 18, nearly one in five children are required to work to support their families. The working conditions are often very difficult. In the country, there is no age requirement for sexual consent, so sexual exploitation of children is a great concern. Physical punishment is not explicitly restricted in the country, Thus, children aren't guaranteed protection from such forms of punishment. The case of poor treatment and abuse of children in their families is far too common. Certain monasteries are sites of bodily punishment on young monks that live there. Government Executive Branch The Chief of State is King Jigmi Kesar Namgyel Wangchuk since December 14, 2006. The head of government is Prime Minister Lotte Tsering. The cabinet consists of a council of ministers, whose members are nominated by the monarch, in consultation with the Prime Minister, and approved by the National Assembly. Members serve five-year terms. The monarchy is hereditary but can be removed by a two-thirds vote of Parliament. The leader of the majority party in Parliament is nominated as the Prime Minister and appointed by the monarch. Legislative Branch A bicameral Parliament which consists of Non-Partisan National Council with 25 seats, 20 members directly elected in single-seat constituencies by simple majority vote, and 5 members appointed by the King. The members serve 5-year terms. The National Assembly has 47 seats, members directly elected in single-seat constituencies in a two-round majority voting system. Members serve five-year terms. Judicial Branch Supreme Court This consists of the Chief Justice and four Associate Justices. The Supreme Court has sole jurisdiction in constitutional matters. There is also a High Court, district courts, and sub-district courts. The political parties of the country are Bhutan Kuen Niam Party, Bhutan Peace and Prosperity Party, People's Democratic Party, and United Party of Bhutan.
There are 20 districts for administrative purposes. Universal suffrage is at 18 years of age. Royal Bhutan Army includes Royal Bodyguard and an Air Wing. Then there's National Militia, Ministry of Home and Cultural Affairs, which is the Royal Bhutan Police. The Army has about 8,000 personnel. Most military equipment is provided by India. There is voluntary military service at 18 years of age. There is no conscription. Militia training is compulsory for males aged 20 to 25 over a three-year period. In 2021, the Royal Bhutan Army graduated from a year-long training course, the first batch of 150 women to be allowed to serve in combat roles. Previously, women were allowed to serve in medical and other non-combat roles. India is responsible for military training, arms supplies, and the air defense of Bhutan. The Royal Bhutan Police Agency is responsible for internal security. The Army is responsible for external threats, but also has responsibility for some internal security functions, including conducting counterinsurgency operations, guarding forests, and providing security for prominent persons. Bhutan has alliances with the Asian Development Bank, the Non-Aligned Movement, the United Nations, UNESCO, WHO, and many others. Citizenship Citizenship is not granted by birth. For citizen by descent, the father must be a citizen of Bhutan. Dual citizenship is not recognized, and the residency requirement for naturalization is 10 years. Economy Bhutan's small economy is based largely on hydropower, agriculture, and forestry, which provide the main livelihood for more than half the population. Because rugged mountains dominate the terrain and make the building of roads and other infrastructure difficult and expensive, industrial production is primarily small-scale. The economy is closely aligned with India's through strong trade and monetary links, and is dependent on India for financial assistance and migrant laborers for development projects, especially for road construction. Bhutan signed a pact in December 2014 to expand duty-free trade with Bangladesh. Most educational, social, and environment programs are developed multilaterally via organizations which consider the government's desire to protect the country's environment and cultural traditions. For example, the government is cautious in its expansion of the tourist sector, restricting visits to environmentally conscientious tourists. Complicated controls and uncertain policies in areas such as industrial licensing, trade, labor, and finance continue to hamper foreign investment. Bhutan's largest export, hydropower to India, could spur sustainable growth in the coming years if Bhutan resolves chronic delays in construction. Bhutan's hydropower exports comprise 40% of total exports and 25% of the government's total revenue. Bhutan currently taps only 6.5% of its 24,000 megawatt hydropower potential and is behind schedule in building 12 new hydropower dams in accordance with a deal signed in 2008 with India. 
the high volume of imported materials to build hydropower plants has expanded Bhutan's trade and current account deficits. Bhutan also signed a memorandum of understanding with Bangladesh and India in July 2017 to jointly construct a new hydropower plant for exporting electricity to Bangladesh. Services and other activities account for 40.9% of the economy, industry at 43.2%, and agriculture at 15.9%. Natural resources include hydroelectric power, timber, gypsum, and calcium carbide. Industries include cement, wood products, processed fruits, and alcoholic beverages. Agricultural products include rice, corn, root crops, citrus, grains, dairy products, chilies, spices, and eggs. Chili peppers have a historical importance in the diet of Bhutanese. However, they did not grow chilies themselves, but relied heavily on the import of this commodity. What would they do in the event of a ban on the import of chilies? Well, that is what happened in 2016 when the government banned the import of chilies when food safety issues arose. A group of farmers in one of the most remote villages, Karmaling, decided to take on the challenge of growing them on their own farms. At first, an officer from the Bhutanese Department of Agriculture had a difficult time getting farmers to agree to grow these delicate plants. The high altitude, high temperatures, and relative humidity were not especially conducive to growing chili peppers. Only six farmers were agreeable to try. With the aid of the FAO supplying chili seeds for the project, the work began. The first problem they encountered was that the plants started in the nurseries began dying due to the high temperature and humidity. The farmers adopted a different potting method, with different potting medium, and just a single seed per cup. The seedlings were kept in a corridor or a roofed shed to protect them from animals and other threats. They were successful with these changes. The project also funded four major irrigation channels so the village would receive enough water to grow crops. The farmers developed new and innovative techniques to produce better yields over time. They are presently producing 28 metric tons as of 2020. The commercial chili farming has improved the incomes of 70% of households in the Giwag area. Out of the total 291 households there, 198 of them are chili growers. Exports Goods and services amounted to 584 million U.S. dollars. Major export goods were ferroalloys, dolomite, semi-finished iron, cement, and carbides. Major export partners were the majority to India at about 94%, then Italy, Turkey, Germany, and Singapore. Imports Goods and services amounted to $922 million in U.S. dollars. Major imports were refined petroleum, iron reductions, delivery trucks, cars, and wood charcoal. Major import partners were the majority from India at about 85%. Others were Thailand, France, United Arab Emirates, and China. Unemployment rate. This was at 2.4% in 2021. Poverty rate. 
11.2% in 2020. Urbanism and Architecture By royal decree, the architecture is consistent in Bhutan. All buildings must be constructed with multicolored wood frontages, small arched windows, and sloping roofs. Zong Architecture This is a distinctive type of fortress and monastery compound combination. It is massive in style and has towering exterior walls which surround courtyards, temples, monks' accommodation, and administrative offices. These have great significance all over Bhutan, serving as religious, military, administrative, and social centers. This is generally the place for an annual celebration known as Setchu. It is said that great lamas of the 17th century relied on visions and omens to determine where to position these songs. Modern military strategists would note that these are known for their strategic locations, generally as defense fortresses. They are frequently built on a hilltop or mountain spur. These are constructed without the use of architectural plans, but instead under the direction of the High Lama, who gives direction based on what he obtains through spiritual inspiration. The labor for building these is funded by each household in a sense that each family in the district is obligated to provide or hire a number of workers for a determined amount of time to build the zong. There are heavy masonry walls surrounding one or more courtyards. The main internal structures are built from stone, then whitewashed inside and out, having a broad red ochre band on the exterior at the top. There are massive wooden timbers used inside as columns and beams. The roofs are made from hardwood and bamboo. The eaves are finely decorated and traditionally without the use of nails. In the past, they were finished with timber shingles and stone, but this has been replaced with the corrugated galvanized iron roofing. The courtyards, which consist of flagstone, are entered through large wooden doors. All doors have thresholds to discourage the entrance of spirits. Takht Seng Palpug Monastery, the Tiger's Nest, the temple complex in the cliffside of the upper Paro Valley, is a famous Himalayan Buddhist sacred site in Bhutan. A Chorten, or Stupa, is a monument to a distinguished Buddhist, especially a Lama. It is built in a way that the structure resembles Buddha, with a crown seated in a posture of meditation on a lion throne. The top of the spire, with the well-known twin symbol uniting the sun and moon, is the crown. The square at the spire's base is his head. The vase shape symbolizes his body. The four steps of the lower terrace are his legs, while the square foundation base is his throne. A typical family home is a two-story building of stone or mud brick. The family occupies the upper floor, with animals housed in the lower floor. Beds are made of straw and blankets of yak wool. Homes have wood-burning stoves for heat and cooking. Nearly all rural homes have land around them that is used for growing vegetables. People love to decorate their homes, so although the architecture is the same, The walls are uniquely decorated with patterns and drawings of animals, birds, and flowers. 
Currently, 43.7% of the population is urban. Most people live in the valleys of central Bhutan. Family and households. Rather than the wife moving into the husband's household, it is more common here for the husband to live with the wife's family and to provide labor for the family if needed. It is also acceptable for the new couple to set up their own household on their own plot of land. The men take part in domestic activities, including cooking. Family property usually passes on to women. Marriage. Marriages may be arranged by the parents or by the individuals themselves. Marriage certificates are required, and most marriages are performed by a religious leader. Divorce is permitted, although compensation must be paid by the one seeking the divorce. In the past, in rural areas, women could have more than one husband. In this way, they could delegate the necessary work that needed to be done, such as leading animals to pasture, growing crops, and cooking. That practice, polyandry, is no longer legal. However, polygamy can be practiced if the first wife grants permission. Child-rearing Women usually have the authority when it comes to child-rearing. Etiquette The Bhutanese follow a structure of etiquette called Driglam Namza. This code of conduct governs how to send and receive gifts, speak to those in authority, serve and eat food at public occasions, and dress. It is the polite thing to do to refuse food when it is first offered to you. Traditionally, one would say, Meshu, Meshu, and cover one's mouth with your hand. After two or three offers, it is okay to now accept. Culture The Triglam Namza is the official code of etiquette and dress code of Bhutan. Triglam means order and Namza means system. It was incorporated in the 17th century when a Tibetan lama and military leader, Ngawang Namgyal, to unify the people politically and culturally. He established guidelines for architecture, festival traditions, and clothing. In 1989, the king elevated the suggested dress code of Driglan Namza to mandatory. This requires everyone to wear the national costume to work, school, and temples. At other times, people can choose what to wear with some limits. In the 1990s, after this decree was introduced, there were riots in the Nepalese community, and the government exiled 100,000 Bhutanese people of the Nepalese origin. The national costume consists of a go for men. This looks like a judo outfit having a knee-length robe tied with a belt. Women wear an ankle-length silk jacket formed from a large rectangular cloth known as a kira. This is worn over a long-sleeved blouse called a wanju. You can't wear hats, shorts, short skirts, jeans, flip-flops, or t-shirts. If you are wearing a jacket, it should be buttoned or zipped up. It would be wrong to wrap your jacket around your waist. Your clothing should cover your arms and legs. Yellow has significant meaning in Bhutan and is used to identify one's social status. Yellow scarves are worn by monks and noble people, while white scarves are worn by ordinary citizens. 
Historically, Bhutanese people have been eating meat for a long time. Traditional Bhutanese dishes tend to have a lot of meat. It is against the law to kill animals in the country. You can be arrested or fined for killing an animal, even fish from a river. Now, most meat is imported from India. Because of the crossover of religion and government, I decided to discuss the topic of vegetarianism in the section on culture. Buddhist vegetarianism is the belief that following a vegetarian diet is implied in the Buddha's teaching. There is a divergence of views within Buddhism as to whether vegetarianism is required, with some schools of Buddhism rejecting such a requirement. In Theravada Buddhism, the Buddha allows his monks to eat pork, chicken, and fish if the monk believed that the animal wasn't killed on his behalf. Monks of the Mahayana tradition are forbidden by their vows to eat flesh of any kind. The Buddha himself insisted that his followers should not eat the flesh of any sentient being. The first precept in Buddhism is usually translated as, I undertake the precept to refrain from taking life. Some Buddhists see this as implying the Buddhist should avoid meat consumption, whereas others argue that this isn't true. In 2019, Bhutan imported more than 12,102 metric tons of meat. This supports the fact that most of the population eat meat. In 2010, a survey showed that 5% claimed to be vegetarian, yet only 2% adhered to a vegetarian diet. So, in considering Bhutanese specifically, it is not illegal to eat meat, but there is a stigma attached to those who farm animals for butchering. That is because Buddhist law prohibits the taking of any life form. Many don't have a problem with eating meat if they don't kill the animal or watch it being killed. Therefore, the government was even considering opening a processing plant in 2015, not for slaughtering animals, but for processing animals that had already been slaughtered elsewhere. Therefore, meat is mainly imported. The agriculture minister, Yeshe Penjor, in 2020, said that the government cannot encourage the people to produce meat in a Buddhist country, and so the government does not have the authority to stop or promote the meat production. As per the livestock statistics in 2019, there were 302,589 cattle, 20,070 pigs, and 1.2 million poultry in the country. There were 19 livestock government farms in the country. Four poultry farms, two piggery farms, two fishery farms, one brown Swiss cattle farm, one calf rearing center, two mitham, or a type of ox, breeding farms, one goat farm, one horse breeding farm, and two sheep breeding centers. Some farmers who have livestock have been known to ask others who are not Buddhist to slaughter an animal for them. There are certain days in the year when the sale of meat is banned in the country. This is during the first month of the Bhutanese calendar, the auspicious month of Cho Truel Dawa, and the fourth month of Saga Dawa. Despite many website articles stating that there are no slaughterhouses in Bhutan, there is at least one in Gosarling, Sirang, on the private land of the facility owner. 
There have been ongoing complaints by nearby residents through the years of unpleasant smells emanating from the slaughterhouse due to poor hygiene. There has also been concern for water contamination from the discarded blood and animal parts. The COVID-19 pandemic brought to light just how much more effort the country would need to expand to promote self-sufficiency. Bhutan remains critically dependent on India for food imports. Although agriculture has increased in the country, imports, especially of meat, remains high. There are people who perform an act known as setar. This is freeing living beings from imminent slaughter and death. While benevolence, compassion, and nonviolence are universal Buddhist concepts, setar is customarily practiced in Vajrayana countries like Tibet and Bhutan as a noble action which not only obliterate the sufferings of the animals saved, but also as a primary means of gaining merit for the saviors who stand to benefit in their present and successive lives. Some even work together to purchase complete farms to practice an act of setar. There are equal rights between men and women. Women can work at the same jobs as men. Respect for women is an important part of the Buddhist culture. Men and women converse and mix freely. There is no separation of the sexes as in other groups in South Asia. Tsongkha is the official language, spoken by 24% of the population. It is surpassed by Sharchapka at 28%, Lhotshamka at 22%, Nepali 14.8%, Assami 7.6%, and other at 3.6%. Legal Issues Tobacco is controlled by the Tobacco Control Act of Bhutan 2010. The law prohibits the cultivation, manufacture, sale, and distribution of tobacco products within Bhutan, a policy dating back to 2004. A limited quantity of tobacco products may be imported for personal consumption only. In addition, the law governs smoke-free places tobacco advertising, promotion, and sponsorship, and requires that imported products bear the health warnings required in the country of origin. Crime is uncommon, even petty crime. Hunting and fishing are illegal. In 2019, the Penal Code was rewritten and repealed the part which made unnatural sex illegal. Doing Business Business dealings are generally formal. Foreigners can wear formal business attire, although the Bhutanese will wear their traditional clothing. Social provisions. There are six months of maternity leave. Workers' compensation is available to all workers who are not supervisors or management. It includes compensation at death and disability. Education. The government provides free education for all from primary school to tertiary institutes. School is not mandatory, so about 1 in 10 children are not educated. The poorest families choose to have their children work to earn income rather than to go to school. Environmental education is part of the school curriculum. The two institutes of higher education are Royal Bhutan Institute of Technology, and Royal University of Bhutan. 
the literacy rate is males at 75% of the population and females at 57.1%. Healthcare. The government provides free healthcare to all its citizens. The healthcare is slightly below average in a worldwide comparison. Conventional medicine is available, but people can also choose to go the traditional route. Only around 37% of the population has access to an immediately available running water supply. Via springs and wells within 30 minutes, 99.5% of the population is supplied with largely clean drinking water. About 90.8% of those in urban settings have improved sanitation facilities, with about 83.1% in rural settings. Infant mortality is 24.1 deaths per 1,000 live births. The leading causes of death include respiratory tract infections, diarrhea and dysentery, various skin and parasitic infections, and malaria. Life expectancy, 72.3 years for males and 73.3 years for females. Food, the main staples in the diet are rice, potatoes, cheese, butter, and milk. Chili is the spice found in basically every meal. The bright red chili is the most common and is left to dry on rooftops. They cultivate a red rice, which has a chewy texture. Tea is an important beverage, with suja, a yak butter tea, being a favorite. The drink is made by boiling tea leaves, straining them, and churning the liquid in a wooden cylinder with yak butter. At times, salt and pepper may be added. It is beneficial in cold regions due to its high calorie content. Some popular dishes. Emma Daichi. This is chili and cheese the most popular dish in the country. Green chilies are cut in slices lengthwise. Chopped onions and cut chilies are boiled in a pot of water with a small amount of vegetable oil. Chopped tomatoes and crushed garlic is added and boiled for a couple of minutes longer. Feta cheese is added and cooked another two minutes. Then coriander leaves are dropped in, stirred, and the heat turned off. The lid remains on for another two minutes. This is served with rice. Kewa Dechi, potatoes and cheese. This is prepared like the chili and cheese, but instead of green chilies, potatoes are used. Cucumbers with onion and cheese. This is made by stirring together chopped cucumber, chopped red onion, crumbled farmer's cheese, chopped fresh green chili pepper, salt and pepper. Hapai Hantwe, buckwheat dumplings with bok choy and poppy seed filling. The dough is made with a flour ratio of two-thirds all-purpose and one-third buckwheat flour. The filling is made with bok choy that has been boiled about five minutes, pulverized poppy seeds, garlic, ginger, cheese, chili powder, salt, and browned butter. Pork Fing, pork and bean threads and chili peppers. This is made with bean threads or cellophane noodles, which are softened in a bowl of boiling water first. Butter is melted in a pan and chopped onion, chopped tomato, and cubed pork shoulder are added to the pan with water. This is cooked down for about one hour and a half to make the meat tender. 
The noodles are drained and added to the meat and vegetable mixture. Salt and pepper to taste and simmer until the noodles are heated through about 10 minutes. Arts Bhutanese are well known for their embroidered wool and silk fabrics, bronze and silver ornaments, elaborately fashioned swords and daggers, and carved woodwork. Examples of carved work can be seen in the ornate roofs and windows of the country's zongs. Celebrations and Holidays There are many vibrant and colorful festivals known as the Seichu in the country. Seichu means 10th day and is celebrated on the 10th day of one of the months of the lunar calendar year. Two of the most popular ones in the country are celebrated in Paro and Timpu. These involve different ceremonial traditions, including mask dances. Each of the mask dances performed during a tsetchu has a special meaning and is based on stories and incidents from the past relating to a specific guru who was alive in the 8th century. The monks perform these mask dances after weeks of preparation with deep prayer and meditation. It is believed that watching these mystical dances is essential in gaining enlightenment. Independence Day, December 17th, commemorates beginning a unified kingdom under its first hereditary king in 1907. Sports The national sport is archery. They even have an Olympic archery team. Another popular sport is digor, which resembles shot put and horseshoe throwing. Transportation. There are no traffic lights in this country. The people are used to driving slowly and cautiously. It's common to see herds of animals freely crossing the roads. There are steep curves in the mountainous areas. There are 12,000 kilometers of roadways. There are two registered air carriers, Druk Air and Royal Bhutan Airlines, and two airports. Communications. Radio broadcasting began in 1973, and the country did not have television or the internet until 1999. This was done to protect itself from outside influences, which they felt would undermine its monarchy and culture. The only TV station broadcasting from the country is a state-funded one, BBS. Yet, cable subscribers can view Indian and international channels. Media freedom is restricted. A newly created role of media regulator was started in 2018, and those members are appointed by the government. It was noted by Reporters Without Borders that this poses a threat to media independence. Around 48% of the population are Internet users. Broadband users were at 0.41%. Landlines at 2.98%, and mobile cellular users at 96.57%. Energy The biggest export in the country is hydropower. This accounts for 32.4% of the total exports. They place special turbines directly into rivers to generate hydroelectricity, therefore bypassing the need to build dams. This powers most of the population's households. For remote villages, the government provides solar panels. The total population has access to electricity. 
In 2018, renewable energy sources accounted for about 81% of total consumption in Bhutan. There is no crude oil production, import or export. There are refined petroleum products imported, but none exported. There is no natural gas production, import or export. Travel Due to its limited resources and infrastructure, the country cannot sustain large numbers of tourists. They have developed a plan of low-impact, high-value tourism, which will protect the environment and provide visitors with quality services and authentic experiences. It is a government regulation that you must use a licensed Bhutanese tour operator to book your travel to Bhutan or one of their international partners. A minimum daily package will cost 200 per day, January, February, June, July, and August, and 250 per day, March, April, May, September, October, and November, which includes a minimum of a three-star accommodation, cost for food, an experienced guide in transportation within the country. Also included in the price is a $65 per day sustainable development fee that goes towards free education, free health care, and poverty alleviation. All of these services will be arranged by your tour operator. Paro Taktseng, or Tiger's Nest. This is a Buddhist temple complex on the edge of a cliff, 3,120 meters above sea level. This is one of the most famous tourist destinations in the country. It is only accessible via three mountain paths. It has four main temples and several other buildings of traditional white with golden roofs. All the buildings are interconnected by staircases with steps carved into the rocks. There are eight caves in the monastery, four having somewhat easy access. Padmas Mabhava, a Buddhist monk, is said to have brought Buddhism to Bhutan and meditated in one of these caves. You can enter the tiger's nest with your Bhutan guide. Rin Pung Zong, a citadel-type building which combines a fortress and a monastery, making it an outstanding example of military religious architecture. It's in the town of Paro, nestled in the heart of a wide valley at the western end of the Bhutanese Himalaya. Timpu, This is the capital and has about 100,000 inhabitants, including the royal family. Visit to see the extreme culture gap between the placid, serene setting of the Buddhist monks and the bustling city life with nightclubs and shopping centers. One site not to miss in the city is the Bhutan Post Office Headquarter. It has a vast collection of Bhutanese stamps, a media room which shows a documentary on the mail runners of the early days in Bhutan, and is home to the world's largest photo book. It is the only place in the world where one can get a self-portrait, fully functioning stamp for a small fee. Buddha Dordenma Statue This massive statue is 51.5 meters, or 169 feet high, made of bronze and gilded in gold. It is in Quen Selpodreng Nature Park on top of a hill overlooking the southern entrance to Timpu Valley. The statue is said to fulfill an ancient prophecy dating back to the 8th century AD, and it is said to emanate an aura of peace 
and happiness to the entire world. Construction began in 2006 and was completed in 2015. It was built to celebrate the 60th anniversary of 4th King Jigme Singye Wangchuk. The statue construction was funded by Aerosun Corporation of Nanjing, China, for a cost of $47 million in U.S. dollar value. However, the whole project, which includes a meditation hall on which the statue sits, totaled over $100 million in U.S. dollar value. Dachu La Pass This is a mountain pass in the Himalayas, which has 108 memorial chortens. There is also a monastery and the country's first royal botanical park. The pass is at an elevation averaging 3,125 meters, or 10,250 feet, which is generally foggy and chilly. However, between October and February, panoramic views of the Bhutan Himalayas can be seen. The United States State Department issued a travel advisory on February 22, 2022, Level 4, Do Not Travel to Bhutan Due to COVID-19. Segment 3, Who Is? Jigme Singye Wangchuk, the former king of Bhutan. He considered the fact that future kings may not be good and honest, believed democracy was the better course, and elections were held along with the establishment of a constitution in 2005. At this time, the country was converted into a constitutional monarchy. Sonam Puncho Wangdi is secretary of the National Environment Commission for the Royal Government of Bhutan, following 31 years in the Ministry of Economic Affairs. He was responsible for formulating Bhutan's environmental standards in 2020, National Environment Strategy of 2020, the updated Nationally Determined Contribution, the Third National Communications to the UNFCCC, the National Climate Policy, amongst other key policies. With a background in commerce, Mr. Wang Di has deep negotiating experience and was the Deputy Chief Negotiator for Bhutan in WTO negotiations from 2005 to 2012. Mr. Wang Di graduated magna cum laude with a Master of International Law in Economics from the World Trade Institute, University of Bern, and holds a Bachelor of Commerce with honors from the University of Delhi. He remains the co-chair of the UNCDF's Board of Local Climate Adaptive Living Facility, chairman of Bhutan's Climate Change Coordination Committee, and has been a member of Bhutan's Gross National Happiness Commission since 2018. In 2019, Mr. Wang Di was selected as one of the 100 most influential people in climate policy by a political. Ap Sha Bodhi, legendary archer who famously hit the target with calculated accuracy. He started shooting arrows when he was 12. He would practice at a dart range, sometimes from morning until night. At age 15, he started practicing at a professional archery range. He was the youngest archer to play among the veterans in a tournament that same year, and surprised the villagers with his skill, which matched many of the older shooters. During his first tournament outside the village, he played with the third Kings team and succeeded in proving his unmatched skills. 
The king exempted him from all work, since at that time, sharpshooters and good archers didn't have to work for a living. Instead, they were made to practice archery repeatedly to improve their skills and their means was taken care of by the government. Segment 4. Who Would Have Thought? Bhutan is famous for being the first nation to be carbon negative, giving more priority to gross national happiness than gross national product. Interesting info. In this country, GDP is not the standard measure of success. Instead, it is something they have introduced known as the gross national happiness. With this, there are four indicators for the measure of GNH. Sustainable development, preservation and promotion of cultural values, good governance, and a healthy environment. In 2020, as the nation was celebrating the 40th birthday of their king, Jigme Kesar Namgyel Wangchuk, their prime minister, Dr. Lote Tsering, suggested to the people to celebrate they could adopt a stray dog and plant a tree. She said that it would help with the country's increasing stray dog population. Although the king's birthday is recognized, the citizens do not have a custom of celebrating birthdays. They feel happiness doesn't stem from marking the number of years one has spent on the earth. In fact, many don't even know the exact day they were born. They do, however, for administrative purposes, consider themselves one year older on each January 1st. In 2017, 108,000 trees were planted across the kingdom to welcome the birth of a son to King Kesar and Queen Pema. In 2015, the Bhutanese people set a world record by planting 50,000 trees in 60 minutes. There are no homeless people in the country. If anyone finds himself without shelter, he has the right to see the king, who will provide the person with land they can use on which to build a house. The highest mountain in the country is Gangkar Puensum, at 7,570 meters, or 24,836 feet, bordering Tibet. Its name means White Peak of the Three Spiritual Brothers. It is the highest unconquered mountain by a climber in the world. There were four unsuccessful attempts in 1985 and 1986. This was during a brief time when Bhutan did open to mountaineering in the early 1980s. By the mid-1990s, climbing peaks above 6,000 meters, or 19,658 feet, was prohibited. And in 2003, Bhutan mountaineering was banned altogether. This was done primarily to respect the beliefs of the local communities who attached strong spiritual value to the mountains and wanted to protect the peaks for their own culture and for future generations. In 2020, the government introduced a sustainability fee for tourists from India, Bangladesh, and the Maldives of $16.85 per day. The visitors from 2018 reached 200,000. Plastic bags were first banned in the country in 1999. It initially failed due to the lack of alternatives. In 2019, the country made efforts to inform its citizens and decided to reinforce the ban from 1999, since it had never been withdrawn. 
it is common to see phallic symbols painted on walls of houses and in temples. They are carved in wood, worn as necklaces, and installed above doorways and under eaves to ward off evil spirits. They are also seen as an instrument of good luck. With the increasing exposure to Western culture, people are starting to go away from having this painted on their houses. But it is still used as a symbol, and it is a curio which is peddled to the increasing number of tourists. This is the only nation where the sale of tobacco is banned. It wasn't until 1974 that the country opened its doors to foreign tourists. The Bhutanese people are serious about their yeti, known in some lands as the abominable snowman. This is a large, very hairy, ape-like creature, which is said to roam the Himalayas. They have even set aside a conservation area known as Bigfoot Valley in the amount of 750 kilometers to protect the yetis. Much like some people in the United States are convinced that there are elusive creatures called Sasquatch roaming through the forests of their country, both creatures have what some say is proof of their existence in the form of visual sightings, photographs, ambiguous video recordings, casts of large footprints, animal dung, and unidentified strands of hair. The Bhutanese believe that the Yetis are supernatural and can do things that make themselves invisible. They further believe that there is a close relative to the Yeti, the Bichum, which is smaller and is part animal and part human. There is a centuries-old corpse of a Bichum, which is kept deep within one of the monasteries. It is just one meter long, or three feet, hollowed out, and has a human face, fingers, toes, and rough skin. There is a belief that the corpse itself contains some power. When a mountaineer took photos of the corpse, he fell so ill that same night that he had to be flown out for medical treatment. The Bhutanese believe that it was a curse. In coming up with other explanations, one thought is that the Yeti could be an undiscovered humanoid species living in an isolated area. The study of feces found during an expedition suggests that the Yeti could simply be a group of Bhutanese whose physiology evolved to survive the harsh mountain conditions. Perhaps some Bhutanese tribes are not yet registered in the Human DNA Library. The country's only international airport, Paro Airport, is listed as one of the five most dangerous airports to land in. There is a sharp banking on the approach through the Himalaya Mountains, which gives the pilot the feel that the wingtip is close to touching the mountaintops. Fewer than 20 pilots are qualified to fly into this airport. Bhutan is the first of just a small number of countries which are considered carbon negative. It absorbs more climate-changing emissions each year than it produces. This elite group of nations formed a formal alliance at the COP26, or 2021 United Nations Climate Change Conference. Panama and Suriname are the other two countries in this group. They announced that they would share unique best practices and technical expertise as countries searched to reduce their carbon footprint. From the outset, the alliance will combine and amplify its members' voices to champion policies for carbon tax exemptions, rewarding countries that manage their CO2 emissions with advantageous terms from international financing institutions, compensation and assistance programs 
for vulnerable countries' irreparable environmental losses, and preferential terms of trade. The Constitution of Bhutan has a section on environmental rights and duties where it states, The Constitution of Bhutan sets forth that the protection of the environment is a duty of the individual. Every Bhutanese is a trustee of the kingdom's natural resources and environment for the benefit of the present and future generations, and it is the fundamental duty of every citizen to contribute to the protection of the natural environment. A Bhutanese citizen shall have the duty to preserve, protect, and respect the environment, culture, and heritage of the nation. In Article 5, it states that a minimum of 60% of Bhutan's total land shall be maintained as forest for all time. Sonam Wangdi, Secretary of the National Environment Commission, spoke to the Thomson Reuters Foundation in an interview at the UN Climate Talks in Glasgow. He said that Bhutan's carbon-negative path began in the 1970s, when its then-king rejected plans to grow economically by cutting forests to make way for farms and industry. Instead, the king pushed for an economy built in part on sustainable forest management, with a focus on balancing conservation and development. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Bhutan. Next time we'll hear about a country that is known as the breadbasket of Europe because of its extremely fertile soil, a black soil, called Chernozem. It has the deepest metro station in the world at 105.5 meters or 346 feet. The largest airplane ever built was built here. It is a country responsible for many inventions and first successes, such as hard disk drives, performing the first heart mitral valve surgery, the movable frame beehive, allowing beekeepers to extract honey without harming or killing bees, the first design and production of the helicopter, and many more. It is home to a city having 1,500 cafes, the most per capita of any city in the world. Please be sure to subscribe to Nations of the World podcast series so you won't miss my next episode, Ukraine. Gaining knowledge about other people and their culture is often the best way to understanding who they are and why they do things a certain way. This in turn can make us less fearful of differences and hopefully more accepting. Let's face it, we're all human and we all share the same world. I'm excited to share that in under 10 months, I have thousands of listeners from all over the world, in 92 different countries. If you are enjoying the series, please consider leaving a review for Nations of the World podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also help to support my work by making a small contribution on Patreon. You can find me there at patreon.com slash nationsoftheworld. With your review on Apple Podcasts, I will give you a shout-out in my next episode. If you contribute on Patreon at the first level, you will get a shout-out in my next episode and you will have a chance to submit a question you'd like to have answered in one of my upcoming podcasts. This can be a question about how I plan or produce my show, or it can be a question to be answered in one of my upcoming episodes about a particular country. 
If you contribute on Patreon at the second level, you will receive the shout-out and question submittal, along with free access to all the episodes electronically in ebook format. These ebooks range in size from about 10,000 to 25,000 words. Thank you again for listening to my podcasts. I look forward to hearing from and interacting with my listeners. Please feel free to contact me via any of the social media apps you find in my show notes.